Hi, I'm Justin Williams. How are you doing, Anna? Oh, I'm not holding my own microphone. There you go. Yeah. We were I've... just talking about how holding a microphone was better and you forgot to pick yours up. I just forgot to pick it up. How are okay, so so how are you doing? How's your how's your life? Uh, how it's are okay. Things? Just uh been working a lot and uh, getting up at five every morning and driving for ten to twelve hours a day. So uh, I'm a little exhausted, but lift, tip, took today off, so I'm good. Tip your Lyft and Uber drivers. Yes, please tip please, us. Please. Please. We're just trying to pay rent. Yeah, just trying to live that life. Just yeah. trying to be artists out here how's your day going uh you know what it's it's been it's been pretty good went to the doctors and uh (laughs) got got all that taken care of but other than that oh my gosh and uh the podcast mvp here who's this uh this is a spagooter does he talk at all uh unless you like don't feed him for a few hours and yeah oh my cat would have already been telling you what the business no he's very very physically demanding of attention but not very vocal he's about the most adorable thing i've ever seen isn't he though yeah so let's okay so let's get into this so you asked me to be on 12 questions yeah i thought this would be interesting because you you talk a lot about you talk to a lot of people who are like in recovery in different programs and my my, you're recovery adjacent i'm recovery adjacent yes very la term yes uh yeah my as the first person i've dated who's my girlfriend is sober and she's in programs and like i didn't have much experience with them beforehand and i thought the perspective of being a non-sober person dating a sober person like in a serious relationship but would be interesting and And, thankfully you agreed and i didn't feel like a jackass for asking well i super i i really uh agreed uh mostly there were selfish reasons behind that i just started dating someone who's not in the program Ah. and so this is uh, a great way to kind of figure out a little bit the way that he thinks and sort of the way that he dances around, or at least to find out how another couple sort of figures out. Yeah. You know, because I, I do that, I do that uh, gross thing every once in a while where I'm like, hey, babe, have another beer. Because I'm a little bit trying to date rape him, I think. I think that's yeah. a little, I'm trying to date Oh, no, no, no I've totally gotten up. Oh, no, no. Every time <laughs> that like we're home together and she's like, let me pour you a drink. It's like a Chief Brody serving of liquor, just a water glass full of whiskey. Yeah, she's pouring you the drink that she drank. Yeah. Right. Which is surprisingly, as a person who like, I spent a good six or seven years drunk every single day, all day. And <laughs> even that is still too much for me. I believe it. I've been in sketches with you. Where yeah, you've, you've had were... to. Yeah, I was like, oh, he would have to. Because, yeah. I've, I've pretend been, drink. No, yeah. he's real drinking. Okay. Because it annoys me when doing. I watch like sketches and someone's like fake drinking liquor. And I'm like, fuck it. We're in a pool. Like we did a sketch together where we just hung all day in a pool. <laughs> drink pool water. And, <laughs> pool water and whiskey. <laughs> That was so ridiculous. That yeah, was we really were fun. stuck in a pool for like 10 hours and it was freezing. I was like, screw it. She's, it was really yeah. cold. It was freezing. Next it's, time I bring a wetsuit if it's pool related. Yeah, I don't know case. if we're doing another episode of Pool Collators, but that Damn was a lot of fun. Channel 101. Damn it, Channel 101. You don't know. Okay. So wrong. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you uh, the same, but maybe some adapted versions yeah, of the Yeah, I was question. curious how the questions would go. Yeah, so like... When something is not working in your life, how do you decide not to do the thing anymore? Like, how do you how do you experience uh, defeat or surrender? Uh, not well. Okay. Not easily. Okay. Uh, I've like I said, I spent like a good six or seven years just whatever I could do to get out of my head and constantly screwing myself over and getting in my own way. And it takes a lot of effort and a lot of work for me to recognize when something isn't working out. Because I think as comics, we kind of romanticize right. being a fuck up. 
Right. And then you get like near 30 and you're like, oh, I forgot. I have to be an adult now and pay bills and be responsible and, you know, can't be a piece of shit all the time. So it takes forever for you to sort of get into that mindset. So for me, like accepting defeat is just like, okay. For me personally, I like, I will lick my wounds. I'll play video games for a day and then just, okay, get back onto it tomorrow. Try your, try your best tomorrow. Okay. So there's some diligence around Now there is. They used to be two or three weeks of video games and watching the Avengers over and over on a, on a loop. <laughs> the Avengers. I love that movie. For me, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. That was a good one. I have to get like in touch with my inner Furiosa. <laughs> like I have to, I have to do that. And then I'm like, okay, oh, I'm ready yeah. to go back and attack that. Yeah. That movie. I actually, that's also another one that like I'd watch sort of amp myself up. Cause like you think about those characters and having to survive in that world. Like, yeah. And you're like, Oh, it's kind of too bright out today, and I'm kind of tired. While these guys are wearing 20 pounds of leather in the Australian sun and punching and fighting each other. Yeah, I heard a lot of people. Uh, it was a very dangerous set to be on. It was apparently yeah. scary, but it totally paid off. That's like yeah. one. Of, that was definitely like the best movie of that year, and I think one of the best movies of all time. <laughs> I can't help it. He's so cute, and he's really trying to. This is a podcast you guys can't see, but there's... You can't see that Anna was making beautiful. direct eye contact with me while petting my cat who didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, he's like, hold on. I'm not getting all the undivided attention. I don't know what to do. Um, yeah, I'll come to your house, interview you, and uh, molest your pets. That's yeah. that's what I'll do. That should be the name of your podcast. Molesting your pets. pets. <laughs> Molesting your pets. <laughs> so, have you ever identified any of your own sort of insanity or addictive behaviors? Have you ever um, looked, uh, listened to stories that your girlfriends told you and thought, oh, I'm a little bit in there too? Not really specifically with her, but there was a good um, chunk of time where I thought I was like an alcoholic or an act of some kind. And when I uh, started going to therapy because I actually do have a touch of insanity. I used to see and hear things all the time. Okay. Actually, Fury Road's a really good okay. shorthand for you. Remember when Max was like running and he's seeing those people? Yeah. It was like that all the time every day for me. Where does that come from? Is there... My brain. I don't know. It's just, I've, it's, I've always been like that. I didn't really realize it was a problem until about three years ago. I just thought everybody was like that and I was just bad at handling it. Okay. So like I have my own moments where i would kind of recognize that and sort of understand it but it when i started going to therapy they were just like oh you're not technically an alcoholic you're self-medicating because that quiets the voices down okay and then once i started taking medication like i stopped drinking like as much not totally but as much yeah all right because i didn't feel like a need to do it anymore and when she tells me stories about stuff that she would do I think they're sort of universal experiences. Yeah. Like we've all just been like, I'm drunk, I'm going out on the town and I'm just going to get laid and fuck up something. Just right. destroy myself in some way. So I, I relate to that, but there's nothing really super specific that I really cling to with her. Do you, how do you two balance your, each other's sort of psycho-emotional needs in your relationship? Like how? Um, I've, I think very very honest and forthright communication okay this has been sort of the first relationship i've ever been in where like i understand you're allowed to say i don't know what you need right now tell me what you need yeah this is and so like when she's like i when she's like jumping down my throat like we had a three-hour fight the other day about uh, about uh. the fact that i hate lorelei gilmore <laughs> three-hour fight <laughs> 
Well, do you always have to agree on issues? That's the like thing. Laura I was just like, like I, I know. We were just like, are, can you believe we're, we're fighting over Gilmore Girls? And she was like, I haven't been to a meeting in a few days. And I was like, okay, then tell me that. Go like, to a meeting. Like, that's your need. And then when I've had right. like times rubbing off my meds and I'm just freaking out, I she didn't know what to do. So I was just like, say something inflammatory about pop culture and I will just focus on that for a few hours and that'll be fine. So like, okay. I can't breathe. I'm like, I'm falling over. Like, I can't focus i'm kind of sort of screaming and she's like you know the new fantastic four movie looks good and i will just go off on her about it and i'm like oh good i'm not focusing on the psychosis anymore i want to talk about superheroes for a while okay it's like the first time we've really gotten into really being open and clear about what you need what i need and how they can work together okay that's that's really interesting i um i have friends who uh, I have a really close friend who's dating somebody with a lot of similar stuff and then I know for myself personally, I had a, I recently had a, a, like a career milestone. And honestly, we had the conversation. He and I had the conversation where he asked me, you know, what are your needs going to be? And I told him what I projected my needs would be in my best self, my most like strong, independent Beyonce type self in my brain. And when the day of arrived, because I had never had an event like that. You know, that I'm going to start calling life. you Queen Bee Venezuela. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. There's, uh, there is, uh, there, I didn't know I was going to need more support than I needed or that I asked for. So I had sort of a, I, I don't lash out, but I had this like very constructive but very clear text message of, I think we need to define what. Uh, support and partnership means in oh, this text relationship. messages though with that shit is the worst <laughs> well yeah and then we had to have a talk about that about how because i i try to avoid do you, do you machine kind of... gun text no no no, no. Oh, if someone God. machine gun texts me on the third text i'll say if you can't speak to me over the phone about this then we're not having this conversation i might longer. need to steal that move yeah after the third I'm text such a slow typer and yeah, me she's too. so fast yeah i'm not also with you like you're i mean how much are you going to edit this? I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah, good. Go, go. But like your 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 significant other is in a, in the same field as you, so I feel like yeah. there's a little more there's a little more understanding and sort of like also there might be a little more understanding, but also a little more drama, like because you're your big milestone and there's always comparisons. <laughs> well, of who and got he, to what? But no, actually, that hasn't really come up. I know he's had his own feelings around you know his participation in in yeah. that area, but um. I know that his, uh, he has his own whole worlds going on and his own milestones occurring there. And so it's just all about, for me, it's all about looking at like, how do we support each other? Cause I, I, we had a conversation the other day. I was like, I don't think either one of us is planning on, uh, not being successful and more successful than we are now. Therefore we have to get used to, like scheduling and figuring out how to have a relationship around our budding careers. And yeah, that's, I've, I've gotten very lucky in that regard too. Cause my, my girlfriend actually, uh, she used to be a journalist and still kind of is a journalist, but she covered the DC comedy scene. So oh. I didn't have to explain to her like I had in any other relationship where it's like, okay, you're going to do your thing and I'm going to go do sets. She so got I got it. very lucky. And that. that's actually how we met was we met at Kyle Clark's album recording. Aww. We actually, turns out we had mutual ah, friends. That's so Yeah, cute. it turns out we've had one of my oldest friends in comedy, uh, Pat Riley. Uh, they went to college together. And that's like, we just sort of connected over that. And so we did actually meet over comedy. So it was nice. Wow. To, 
Oh. It's nice having someone who kind of gets that part of your life because it's a weird it's a weird, weird thing. And you hear you hear comedians talk a lot about, and you know, you hear program. There's it, there's a few things like parallels between the comedy world and the twelve step world. There are a lot, yeah. Yeah, there are a lot. It's crazy. And uh, one of the things that you hear um, comics say, and you'll hear some twelve step people say this, is you can't date another comic or you can't date another 12 step person yeah, or yeah. vice versa. And you hear it from men a lot, and it's always the same thing. They're too fucked up. It's like, bro, you're too fucked up is what you mean to say. You just need to find somewhere the fucked up matches. Well, not even that. Just like where you're best. In my opinion, it should be where your best, your most functional selves match. And and I think that if you are self-aware of what your deficits are and self-aware of what your strengths are, then you don't you don't have this problem of over time. It becomes harder to date a dumpster fire. You're going to date a dumpster <laughs> fire or fuck or flirt with or whatever or surrogate friendship, super close relationship, but never have sex or whatever weird shit I've seen done, experienced in the program. Like you're going to pick a crazy person no matter what, whether they're clean, sober, you know, comic, lawyer, yeah. nurse, doctor, you're going to you're going to find a whack job if you're a whack job. Yeah, so, that's like, just who you get. That's who you're attracted to. Yeah, it's who gets you. Yeah, work on yourself and uh, make yeah. different choices. Sometimes it's like my my experience with that too has been, um, I feel like I'm talking too much, has been uh, sometimes I'll meet somebody and I'll really like them and I will know the way that I really like them is the way, like I'll have the same biological reaction to like when I used to go before a party, before I would drink, before I would... Um, uh, use drugs and there's this like weird tummy feeling you get i suppose like, sort of butterflies kind of but, like, like it's a, more of like an excitement than remember a the first time you went to disneyland that was like two years ago okay yeah or um when you when you were a kid if you went to a um amusement park or you just got like oh yeah or like a haunted ride yeah i, or, yeah, I have like a little <laughs> happy dance that i do yeah before seeing the avengers yeah oh my god every time yeah yeah so that thing so um so anybody who gives me that without me actually using is um probably a dumpster fire really because i I felt sort of the reverse i was about to say oh i get the reaction every time before i see my girlfriend she's not a dumpster fire but but you're not you're not i stand by the door and do like my little happiness you're not like but it's for see for me it's different i have a much i have a much it's not that i don't feel anything uh before i see my significant other it's uh (laughs) it's there's a different sort of it's sort of weird it's like um it's like there's a darkness to the former, whereas the latter, I still feel just as excited, but it's uh, that sort of like weird, grimy, like, eh, let's let's be gross together. Like that doesn't <laughs> exist. Uh, yeah, that is actually a huge uh like just being gross in general with someone that's something that like i've never experienced a relationship before yeah and like the very literal sense of i've never dated someone who was sober before 
And so when I'm with this person now, it's like, let's go out, let's do something, let's go hike, let's go run around. Whereas before it was like, let's just sit inside, get high and order pizza and drink and yeah. being physically gross, not even emotionally exactly. gross, just disgusting. Just like, ugh, like being ugh. the schlubby couple. Schlubby couple never showers. You notice that one? Yeah. That's, That's ugh. how do you fuck each other? That's disgusting. <laughs> Have you found in sort of your relationship and your adventures in your relationship, have you learned sort of different terms for the way that you think, feel, act? Has Have you guys rubbed off on each other in any sort of like self-exploration kind of a way? Mm, I don't know how much I've rubbed off on her. That sounded really bad. Uh, nah. <laughs> Well, a lot. No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I don't need to. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, don't, not, uh, Anna, okay. don't sexually harass a couple. That's so weird. That's, you know. It's the fish, best it's way efficient, to se- though. It is efficient. You're getting it's two the, for one. Exactly. It's the best way to sexually harass your friends. Uh, I was like, I don't know. I think I just from her. Because I used to date a lot of dumpster fires, to use your term. And I was like <laughs> happy being a dumpster fire. But with her, like a. Being around her and her friends, like I go to a lot of her friends' parties, which are sober parties, which are very different than other parties. And they're kind of they're kind of like when kids have pancakes or like pizza. Yeah, it's like a pancake social or like pizza or ice cream social. And it, it, or there's something. an adjustment period. Like I getting used to that. Like the first one of the first times we really really spent a long time together, it was her two year sober anniversary, Aww. and so it was just me and all of her sober friends, which was very strange for me. Did they uh, give you the stink eye? No, they were very... I didn't drink at all that Good. night. Because I thought that'd be rude on someone's two-year sober anniversary Maybe. to just drink in front of them. But they know. were all very insistent that I do drink. Because they don't want you to feel They weird. were like, go ahead, have a drink. No, have a drink. Have a drink. We're have so, a drink. We're so strong in this. Have a drink, buddy. Yeah, they wanted to live vicariously through me. And I was like, that's, no, that just feels strange with my new girlfriend to do that. That's so funny. Uh, I, also speaking of parallels between the the twelve steppers and and comics, like they were all talking about meetings to go to throughout the city. And they're like, and oh, there's just, there's like the twelve. Yes. Th- I just yelled out like, oh, who books that? Like that's the first thought that I had. <laughs> there's uh, that was the first thing I noticed. I because I was just this is the only world that I really knew in my twenties, thirties. So like. I sort of was just socialized by, I'm like 12 step raised. So what I did was uh, when I first started comedy, I would sort of listen for where everyone else was going and then go where they were going. And it's the same thing in meetings. I always tell people, go find out where the good meetings are. Yeah. You know, there are bad open mics. There are bad like, open mics. There are hot, bad meetings, apparently. Yeah, hot shit garbage meetings and, and open mics sometimes. And at least with meetings, there's at least, there's like a guideline for how to make it better. And it, with open mics, there is a guideline, I suppose, but it's, no one wrote it down. Yeah. It's, it's unspoken, unwritten yeah. rules yeah. that very few people actually listen to. Uh, yeah, it no. can be it can be pretty brutal. I think that's both for yeah for meetings and open mics. Mm-hmm. I, I've actually considered going to a meeting just to see what it's about. Have you ever gone to uh, the uh, like an Al Anon Coda or something? She like that? has when we would get early early on when we would get into big fights and it just seemed like I didn't understand how to handle what was going on. She right. requested I go to an Al Anon meeting and I resisted that idea. Yeah, because well, first of all. I spend almost every single night in a room full of people talking about what their day was like and their feelings. Like, I don't think I need to add another another version of that to my life. And I was just like, 
for me personally, it felt like a lot of I was trying to conform to how she thought and felt right. versus us working together on how we work. Okay. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I was trying to, I was be doing a lot of effort to understand how she processed things, but she wouldn't have to make an effort to understand me because there's no meeting for me. But there's a lot of material out there. I know I have a, a friend who's uh, dating a lovely young lady with a diagnosis of some sort. And when he told me what it was, I, I found, I Googled an article like how to be a good partner for this particular thing. You know, like there's a lot of resources. There is a lot of resources. I, I personally felt like that we didn't sort of need that because I liked the idea of us, like I said before, being straightforward with each other on yeah. what we each need. I like the idea of us out. being, and also the the sort of reverse side of that is admitting when you can't be every solution for your significant other. You yeah. can't always be there. And like, that's something I've had to sort of deal with and kind of understand with her is that like there are times where I'm not going to be helpful. She needs to talk to her sponsor. She needs to go to a meeting. She needs to call another right. one of her friends. I can't solve everything. No, nope. That's a sort of a new thing I've had to understand and deal with. So that's the thing you've tried to do a lot in the past? Yeah. I've always sort of felt like I needed to be the one to sort of swoop in and save somebody. And that led to me just clinging on to really horrible situations over and over again. Yeah. I feel you. We yeah, do it no, too. We've been, we've all been yeah, there. Yeah, we've, we've all been, been there. That's universal. Yeah, that's the. I was just uh, talking to uh, a friend of mine last night who was kind of in the same thing, and and likewise, uh, one of the sort of I don't want to say if it's a, a defect. I don't want to like use that impose that language on others, but one of the behaviors associated with that pattern is looking for problems to solve or to be afraid of. Oh, and yeah. one of the things I've actively done this go around is to, at, at the behest of a good friend of mine, he just said, just don't look for problems and you won't find them. If something comes up, you'll address it. Yeah. You know? That's but, very, very wise. Very, yeah, yeah, just don't look for problems and you'll... um yeah, that was Keith Carey, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, the wise, the yeah, wise man. That the disgusting Keith. Buddha. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, I think it's it's important to to. I'm talking too much. That's I want to hear more. <laughs> what? So, how did you guys find a resolution with that? With your did you just rely solely on communication and boundaries as you went? Or? It, it took, um, it's weird because we've moved very, very fast, but I think a lot of that, because we've been wanting to go for about a year and she's like already moving in. We've already met each other's parents. We've gone on vacations together. Addicts move fast. We're like, we're like lesbians. <laughs> like we move, we bring, we bring you home. That's a whole other dates. conversation That's I've tried other, to talk her into. And yeah, she's and like before, not, yeah. <laughs> before anybody gets angry with me, my, that's a direct quote from my old sponsor who's lesbian. So that, that's, is that like the addict equivalent of saying some of my best friends are black? Is yes. <laughs> I, I've heard a rumor that, uh, Oh uh, yeah. We, well, we worked through it. Yeah. Just by like actually sitting down and talking and also recognizing yeah. the difference between having a heated discussion and a fight. Yeah. There is a difference. Cause I would always think there were fights and she goes, no, we're just discussing this. I was like, Oh, cool. As long as you're not that mad, I can lower my levels and we can get to it. And usually it was just, yeah, just communication and talking about stuff. And 
I was very upfront with her because like the ninth or tenth time she'd asked me to go to Al-Anon and I was just like, I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not. And we actually okay. had to have that discussion. And she was like, okay, I get that. And that's a boundary that you are, because you do therapy and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a boundary you get to have. And it, it seems like there is already self-care in there. You know, yeah. um, I, I think that, well, that's really fascinating. I think that here's why sober girls and guys are the best for folks who maybe aren't. We know how to get angry or hurt or upset and not fight with you. Oh, yes. That was <laughs> we my... We know how to talk about our feelings. That might have been the first moment I realized I was in love with her was we were walking down the street Aww. looking for a place uh, and it, I can't remember where it was it can't remember exactly what we were looking for but it had like a giant lit sign and she's like we can't find it anywhere and I kept pointing to it I'm like it's right there it is right there and she's like no it isn't we're not going the right way I'm like honey it's right there we took two more steps she saw the sign got quiet went okay I was kind of being a dick sorry about that <laughs> and that is the first time I've heard a woman say that really ever. that was the first time I've had a woman apologize for being a dick and not being like well <laughs> Okay, I was being a little bad, but this was what you did wrong. And I was like, I just pointed. It, but she flat out was just like, that was the first time I've had a girl like uh, realize when she was, she can be a dick. And then it takes a minute and she's like, you know what? Sorry, I was being a dick. And that's so amazing to hear. Interesting. She has, she's has those because of the steps and everything. She has yeah. the process that she goes through. Also, just really quickly about the whole like Al-Anon thing. One of the things that I was sort of against was I... This is me personally, and it's not mm-hmm. like a, a judgment or anything, but I didn't like the idea of, I have to go to a group to learn how to deal with you people. <laughs> I fair. wanted to learn how to deal with her okay, as an individual, and that meant talking to her. I don't see her as like, she is a 12-stepper. She is a, you know, she yeah. is a sober person. Like, she's she's my girlfriend, and she just also happens to be sober. Well, and so it, I like being more specific about her than a group the generalized experience would be in her recovery literature as well so if you were really interested you could read a book she let me it. she lent me her book and she very quickly noticed that because it doesn't have batman in it i didn't read it yet so <laughs> she took it back <laughs> that's so funny she should just draw batman yeah i was like i really like want to i really want to learn more about this because when we first started dating we got into an argument about aa mm-hmm. and like my thoughts on it from never having been in it and her thoughts on it because I, I have, like, a problem with the whole higher power thing and stuff like okay. that. And I was, like, just, you know, hey, for me personally, I don't I don't agree with that. Okay. That's your thing. If it works for you, it's fine. And yeah. we got into an argument about it. And then she lent me her book. And then it was just sitting there for, like, two weeks. And she's like, okay, I'm going to take the book back now. <laughs> doesn't have Green Lantern flying around. You're not going to read it. I get it. Okay. So uh, for those of you who listen to this who are comic book artists or comic book writers who know artists... Apparently, there needs to be a uh, graphic novel version of the big book. Uh, I would read the shit out of right, that. Yeah, that would be totally, kind of cool. Yeah. That actually would be kind of cool. There's um, Copyright that idea. Well, Can I, you? No, I don't think so. I know for Narcotics Anonymous literature, their copyright is very well protected, but I don't know if AA's copyright is as well protected because of Hazleton's relationship. It's complicated. Um, so... Uh, I'm sure somebody tweet me with the answer to that. I have no idea. Um, there's, uh, okay. So I have two questions for you. Okay. Uh, first off, what was your first experience? Like when she first really, other than just being like, Hey, I'm a dick. Like, 
when she sat down, I assume this has happened, you've had a sit down where she's made an amends. How was that for you? Like a straight up amends? Like yeah, sit- like a like we're having a special conversation where I'm going to outline how I caused you harm and that I will not do those things again. You know what's really weird is um, until you just said that, I've never thought of it that way. Because there's definitely been things where like she was super mad at me. Yeah. And then... There was an apology. Okay. I think, but I never really thought of it as like in that structure of an amends. Like there was, um, well, sometimes I think most of the time it just a spot check, like, Hey, I'm being a dick. Sorry about that. Or, um, Oh yeah. That's more in my, common. Cause we're both dicks. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll both be, we're both very stubborn and then okay. we'll just take a minute. But there were like, uh, I've had a very sketchy past. Okay. Like I do things that on paper are really sketchy, but they're not like I've, okay, here's what happened. Okay. Uh, I have a close friend that I dated for a year when I was in college and she lives across the country. We talk every now and again, yada, yada, yada. And my girlfriend's always had like a sort of an issue with that. Like she felt uncomfortable about it. And then I have another friend who works at a strip joint and I haven't seen her in a few years because, like, we're both just really busy. And uh-huh. I was at an open mic that was near her bar. So I swung by and said hello. And we talked for a bit about Star Wars and shit. And I felt guilty for some reason, even though, like, <laughs> I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Like, on paper, that sounds bad. But it's like, no, I just went to go see my friend who happens to be a stripper. And because I have a lot of friends who do that. And then we talked about it and she got like I felt really bad and guilty and I felt like I was admitting something that I didn't actually do. And then she got really mad and we had a huge fight and I went to go see her later that day. And I was just like ready for the fight. I got amped up for it. I was ready to tell her like, cause she was like, you cannot talk to these people anymore. And you should cut off your relationship with that friend of yours from college. And you should cut off your relationship with this girl as a dancer. And I was like, ready to tell her like, you don't fucking tell me who I hang out with. And then the second I showed up, she was in tears and just being like, I don't want to be that girlfriend who tells you who you can and can't hang out yeah. with. And she said, I talked to my sponsor and point, she pointed out I was being ridiculous. And I didn't yeah. really think of it until I just mentioned it, that. I guess that technically counts as an Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a big yeah. one. That's I was a big so ready for that fight, too. I was kind of mad that she apologized <sighs> because I was like, I had been prepping for this all day. I did all of my debate prep. I'm yeah, ready. I, was, I researched the points. I had a rebuttal. And then that's you just showed up so and hugged funny. me. And I was like, that's it. We're good. Yeah, because control is uh, suffocating for both parties. It's yeah. not... And it's, I think a lot of it is to communication and maybe why you felt a little icky about the interaction as well as maybe there were some other motives floating around, maybe not from you, but the other parties and it wasn't. I, that's the weird thing is honestly not. I'm actually pretty good at being just friends with girls. Yeah. And pretty good, especially because I have a lot of friends who like I friends who are porn you do stars. Have, you do have that like, I'm your safe dude friend vibe. Yeah. Cause for I, sure. I'm like, again, on paper. I could be kind of creepy, but I actually don't have those intentions. <laughs> like, I have a really close friend uh, who's a porn star, and, like, I hang out with her sometimes, and she's really nice and cool, but there's never been a thing. I have, you know, I have friends who are strippers. I have friends. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay. Then there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, if you just say that sentence, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. But just let me explain it a little further. Interesting. Yeah. Do you find that her self-care routine and your self-care routine either collide and or like work together and how do they work together and how do they not work together? I, th- I don't know if that question made I kind of I kind of get what you mean. Yeah. Um, I think that the way both of our self-care routines 
don't go together is that when she's sort of upset or stressed, she's like, I want to go hike. I want to go do yoga. And I'm like, I just want to sit like right where you're sitting and just watch TV for a few hours. And so there's like that kind of budding. But other than that, everything else is pretty much the same. Like we both are just like, we need to like, you know, go for a walk, like eat something better, like just talk to each other, relax. I haven't noticed really any conflict. We're both pretty understanding about what the other person needs. Like for for her, she's like, I have to go to this meeting or I have to go talk to my sponsor. I'm like, okay, you can do your thing. Mm -hmm. Just going to sit here for a few minutes. When you're ready, come on out. No rush, no pressure. Nice. And I'm pretty easy to take care of. I'm (laughs) just, you know, just pat me on the head and feed me and I'm pretty happy. Low maintenance dude. (laughs) Oh yeah. Super easy. I have the internet. What else do I need? I'm good. There you go. Uh, you mentioned the higher power thing that that's been like an interesting. Yeah, we got, yeah, we got into a, a, a little debate about that. Cause I like, I don't think people who believe in a higher power are dumb or anything like that. I just don't have that part of my brain. So mm-hmm. when I listen to the, that, that is it first or second step, like commit yourself to a higher power. Well, the second step is um, we uh, came to believe that our higher power could restore us to sanity. And so it's kind of a twofold thing in my interpretation. It's um, which I've stolen from other smarter, wiser people. It's uh, the you have to really surrender to the fact that you're kind of insane and that you make insane decisions when left to your own devices. And then you just become uh, willing to accept that maybe there's things that are bigger than you. And those things could be gravity. Those things could be a lot of people use the try to stop a wave, like that whole thing. Um, those things can be a big G God. It can be a little G. I don't know what's out there. As soon as you said amorphous. little G, I just thought Flava Flav. That was the first thing. Little G. <laughs> Flav. Yeah, that's so funny. There's, well, that's my other thing. Is yeah. like there's. Uh, I know that everyone can like you can develop your own higher yeah. power. Uh, like she told me about someone whose higher power is uh, the character Rocky. And I'm like, if this yeah. is supposed to be a thing that you're taking seriously. <laughs> For that person, it's probably pretty sure, meaningful. I'm sure yeah. it works great. Like, you know, I, I, the Hulk posters on my wall and I think of it like that, stuff like that. But I I just, I can't personally get there. I, I can't, it became kind of like, there was a little bit of an awkward moment where um, I wanted to give her a gift and it was a, a Green Lantern ring that I've had for years. And I just thought like, because it's, because it's the idea of Green Lantern is willpower. Yeah. And I was like, what you do is really impressive and it takes a lot of willpower. And she said, oh, I'm not doing it. It's it's not willpower. It's relinquishing to my higher power. And I got mad because I was like, not because you're refusing the gift, but because like, you're not giving yourself enough credit. You're doing this. There's, and this is my opinion. And I'm sorry if this is a little offensive. no, no. no. There is no God. There is no higher power. Gravity does not give a fuck about you. You're doing this. You're the one who's not drinking. You're the one who's not getting fucked up. You're the one that when you feel beaten down and like you have to break and go and get fucked up, you're the one making the decision not to do that. It's your willpower. And I don't think you're giving, I think so people do not give themselves enough credit for doing that because it's fucking hard. Hmm. And it sort of hurts to hear people not give themselves the credit that they're deserved. I'll explain why. Okay, okay. So in the, we have a term like self-will. Okay. So self-will 
isn't willpower. It's I'm going to do it my way and fuck everyone. And uh, what you'll find is we're always trying to get away from self-will because it makes our lives really unmanageable. So whether that person gets that surrender to a higher power, either they pray and they meditate about it. So you'll stop, you'll verbalize, write down whatever your thoughts and then meditate about it and look for the answers. I, I wouldn't know where those answers come from and I wouldn't force that person to believe they come from anywhere other than where they believe. But those are the con- those are the concrete actions that people sort of utilize under the name of a higher power. Yeah, but you still need those. You still need the will to go to a meeting, to stick to these principles, to still pray to your higher power. It's not happening by magic. Those It'll, answers that you're meditating for are coming from your brain. Those are your neurons firing. There's not an angel telegraphing shit to your brain. It, it's a trick you have to play on yourself. If if. That's if, like setting your alarm clock five minutes fast. Like, how does it yes. work if you know that it's five minutes fast? It's not really tricking yourself into getting but up you earlier. you have to decide you're going to believe. So there's... Again, uh, that's you doing that. But there's a... There is a... a um, so, yeah, there's another term that we use, willingness, right? So I am willing to do the things, to go to meetings, to sponsor people, to be sponsored by others, to take direction. The... And then also there's like a willingness to believe and belief is really, you know how you, when you're in a movie, you sort of like, you know, you just, you're like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to believe this, even though there's a world of difference between your sense of reality and a two hour blunt black out of your day. There's, (laughs) there's a, uh, there's a book. uh, Have you ever read the book life of Pi? No, I haven't even seen the movie. Okay. I just checked out when I saw that tiger didn't eat that kid. (laughs) So uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I'm going to recommend that you read the book. Okay. And here's why. In the third sort of, in the the third chapter and in the end of the book. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Okay. uh, The thesis of the book is um, at some point you choose to believe the better story. You know, kind of, kind of the way with the political environment, the way it is right now, how Ugh. so many of us artists and you know. By the way, that was that was my girlfriend's birthday. Was the day of the election? Ugh. That was we started out with a great day, and boy, did I take a hard nose dive. And where I, it's so funny because uh, where I, I, I found myself being of service to a lot of um, concerned white men. Um, <laughs> during the day for them, yeah, yeah, no, but I get, I got it. And then a few days later, I was like, okay, I'm in the privacy of my own uh, office at work. I'm gonna fall the fuck apart. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I had a good little breakdown, got it out, felt my feelings, blah blah blah. Okay, so um, yeah, but b- belief. So sometimes yeah. you just have to believe. To I think w- what a lot of us have decided is against all odds, against all evidence of the contrary. We're like, we're going to be all right, guys. We're going to be fine because we have no other choice, right? Sometimes you have to believe the better story. You know, sometimes you have to buckle down. It's like when people have cancer and they're told it's terminal 
and they have to believe that they're going to live and that the treatments they're trying are going to work or extend their life because that belief in itself is powerful. It keeps the ment- it keeps the spirit moving. See, I was like, I would never, this is where I like kind of have, I don't have that part of my brain. I don't understand why. Cause there are those, like I'm not taking anything away yeah, from anyone who does believe stuff. Sure. There are millions of people there- with cancer who believe a hundred percent that they will get better. And then they got better. There are also millions of people with cancer who believe they're going to get better and did not. Uh, you can believe all you want. Like we're, we're comics. We can believe all we want that we're going to get a one hour special from Netflix any day now. But unless we actually do the work, put in the effort and commit ourselves to doing it, your, your belief is irrelevant to reality. Right. Reality is reality. And there's nothing you can do about that, no matter how hard you believe in it. In one of the, the programs, um, there is before they read the steps, there is this uh, little preamble that says, if you want what we have to offer and you're willing to make the effort to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. And I think that when it comes to like the benefits, yeah, people are willing to put in the work. I think that there's a difference between a belief in a higher power and also a belief in what you can do yourself as an individual. I think that the stuff that the program taught me how to do um that I do for myself on a regular basis has directly helped my ability to be a comic in, uh, in how to kind of know, you know, self examine, um, also suit up and show up, you know, sitting at the front, which of, is like the number one, most the number, thing. you yeah. can't, you can't get good at comedy if you're not, a, if you're not actively trying to get good at comedy, yeah. you're not going to get muscles if you don't go to the gym and you're not going to be spiritual if you don't go to meetings. Sorry. You know, like you got to at least go to some meetings. And, yeah. um, the, uh, the, the thing about, I don't want you to confuse the way we view self-reliance or self, uh, willpower or, um, uh, willingness with, there are atheist addicts and alcoholics. I'm sure there are. There are also there are also recovery programs that completely skip that. Yeah. Other step. But again, that's what I'm saying is like because a lot of people think need, the steps yeah. in the program is a higher power. So yeah. it's like, well, here's this guideline for living that is much more powerful. It's worked for a lot of people. Yeah. Whatever I you can need to get through the day. That. Yeah. Do you like that's fine? Right. I'm always the big fan of like do whatever you want as long as you're right. not hurting anybody else. That's fine. You would just kind of like her to take a yeah. little more credit for her diligence? I well, I would like people in general to like who, uh, I mean, can, going down the same vein, uh, people who work really, really hard and sacrifice a lot. And then when something good happens, they thank Jesus for it. It's like, no, <laughs> you did that shit. That was you. Like, pat yourself on the back. Like, that's a, to me, it's just like. But I, they might feel like their personal power comes from a Jesus place. And it, it might do. But sitting around and just kind of praying and understanding didn't do that for them. Like, they had to get up and do it. You can believe whenever you want. Like, yeah. and that's fine. But I just say give yourself some of the credit. And if, if part of it is, like, you feel like you can't trust yourself, so you have to trust in this other fictional being, fine. I totally get that. I totally understand. I talk to my cat every day like he's a person. Yeah. And that helps me get through the day. Yeah. I know he can't understand me. Yeah, I think he can. 
He's real adorable right now. He is. He's just taking he's a nap. trying to be a calendar. It's pretty cute. It's very cute. The um, What are words of wisdom that you would impart on other either young men and women who are dating folks like me and like your girlfriend? Congratulations. Ah. Uh, I would say definitely the biggest things are understand that you can't always be the answer to their problems and really listen when something is wrong and try to do your best, but, you know, understand when you can't be the answer to it and just have a very clear communication of what do you need right now? Yeah. Not, I don't get why you're acting like this. What is actually wrong? Because like when, when my girlfriend gets really, really mad at me about a very stupid thing, I go, okay, what is actually bothering you right now? You cannot be mad at me over Gilmore Girls. What is actually happening right now? No. No. I'm trying to think when was the last time. I don't think I've gotten into a serious argument over a television property in a, oh, a long time. We once, time had, we once had like a several hour fight because we went to go see Batman versus Superman. And mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of liked it. It wasn't very good, but I, you know, there were parademons. I watched Batman fight Superman. I got what I wanted out of it. And then there was just like a three hour fight about white privilege in the Hollywood studio system. And like, it was like three in the morning. Like, how did we get to this? How did we get here? Hold on. How did we get here? Yeah. I once got in a big argument with my ex over, he didn't like The Watchmen. Oh, I love Watchmen. It's a great movie. It's a great great book. It's a great movie. It's a great, you should read it and watch it. It's great. And uh, he was like, well, I didn't really like it. And what I realized uh, that would be one of the fundamental uh, differences that would make that relationship not last very long uh, was that he's a contrarian. And so some people are contrarians for the sake of being contrarians. That was actually my other my other little little tip because okay. I am kind of that person. Yeah, I can't I don't get know that what it, I think I, I, I can't be alone in that like what is it about boyfriends that you always have that little voice in your brain where it's like, okay, how do I annoy the shit out of her? There's just always that little voice of how do I get a rise out of her somehow because it's adorable when she gets mad. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh being able to admit when you are wrong. I think that's not even yeah. just for non-sober, sober relationships. Like any relationship. Being any able to admit you're like, yeah. you know what? You're right. I totally get. And not saying, I'm I'm sorry you saw it that way. You're like, okay, I did a thing. And whether or not I think that thing was shitty, it still affected you. So I'm really sorry. Just being able to admit when you're wrong. I can see that I caused you harm. Or yeah. my favorite one is, I don't like the way I acted around this. Yeah, I could have handled this better. I could have done this differently. And here is how. And, yeah. and um, that is uh, that one really helps. I think all parties. Yeah. Just being patient and understanding in general. Because yeah. also like you're like, you don't have the, the luxury that I do where it's like, if I had a really awful day and I'm just stressed out, I'm going to freak out. I can get baked out of my fucking skull and watch it's always sunny in philadelphia you don't have that option i don't No, you don't have the option to i'm gonna go get like a six dollar bottle and she doesn't either so i have to be more patient with that for me that might be getting a gluten-free pizza and that's so not the same (laughs) ice cream and watching uh you know watching some anime i've got the same it's just everything but the substance well, because we can still check out we just learn how to do it but our tools make it much easier uh, I mean, but then 
you after a while you don't want to check out you want to be present to your stuff oh it sounds awful <laughs> yeah i know it sounds it's really weird. hard it it's not always fun like sometimes it's like ugh, i'm really present to this and it's great like like death for example you don't a thousand percent want to be present for a lot of that but uh like I like I lost my dad when I was uh, using, and I lost my mom when I was clean. And the difference of the two experiences, while they were both hard in a lot of ways, was I there was just a lot I didn't deal with my dad. And so when it came time to process the grief around my mom, all this dad stuff came up, and there were things. It was much easier, and of course I was older too it was much easier to go, this is the shit of the people around me and this is my shit. You know, it made certain things laughable. Like my my uncle opened my mother's funeral with, Kim took after the Irish side of the family. Holy shit. Yes. That's a good opener. That's such a good, it's very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Very fun way to start a eulogy. Um, classy no no yeah no 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 so it was one of those things like i could laugh at that i could but and not build a resentment around it and um just kind of just kind of accept that that's that's a thing that occurred yeah whereas and there were moments during that where there were some unacceptable actions and i had to advocate for myself and those are all tools that, you know, I, I had at the time. And I know that if I was using, it would have been a mess. Because yeah. I, I couldn't do anything when I was using. I can barely do anything now, but yeah. like, you Pour know. Pour some vodka on that and see how it goes. Yeah, yeah for real. Like, I, uh, when I was doing a, when I was doing the roast battle thing, I was drinking a Red Bull. And uh, <laughs> this is funny. I don't want to. A comic came up, and the grand poobah, the whole thing came up, and he put his hand over it and said, maybe not finish this, because you're already talking fast enough. <laughs> and my attic brain's like, no, you finish all the Red Bull. And then my, <laughs> my like, oh, wait a minute, this is, uh, this is outside feedback. Uh, this is somebody telling me to calm down. And then other people were kind of around, they were like, yeah, you don't want that to kick in when you're on stage, and... Yeah. And you spaz out. Yeah, because then no one can understand what you're saying and the joke doesn't work. Right. So it was just one of those things of like, okay, like I want to be present. I I realized um recently that even I've been struggling with I tried to I quit vaping. Yeah. And then I struggled. I'm with sorry it. I'm doing this like right in your no, face. No, I, I sneaky I was sneaky vaping or I was yeah. sneaky taking a drag of cigarettes here and there. And I can feel how that disconnects me from myself and when i'm at my best self on stage i am connected and i'm in my body just the littlest things of course when she's when your girl's been sober for just so long it gets annoying that she'll she'll be like i'm just so powerless over this candy Oh god! Like is, sh- is sugar for- is sugar like the big thing? Because every every single person I've met that's been in recovery has been like a complete sugar nut, and I yeah, it's just for me personally. I'm not a big sweets person, so like I I get it, but it's like the same that's part of intense. the brain. So anywhere oh, dopamine and right. serotonin is released, like in in a that's large quantity. Right. So like dark chocolate is a great way to to release a little bit of that. Wow. Oh. 
dark chocolate sex gambling yeah. you know yeah but dark chocolate or is the healthier option option you know no dark chocolate here just ice cream and (laughs) cookies cookies yeah there's i mean whatever pick your poison uh whatever whatever it is that you need but yeah for sure um also i find spicy food probably does it for me too i love a a good spicy thing but yeah for sure if you're uh dating someone uh does she feed you a lot oh yeah oh my god i've gained 20 pounds since we've started dating there are donuts in my car right now for for my boyfriend she brought me cookies and sandwiches in her purse yeah just before you got here that apple is from her purse exact purse apple i love it (laughs) i love it yeah there's a thing about yeah we feed we're we're definitely food motivated oh yeah do you have any questions for me i'm trying to think like i don't know like how do you is it hard for you to because I mean I I know who you're dating and I don't see yeah. them with I mean him and I are friends I don't know if we're super tight but like do you ever like butt heads over the whole sober versus non sober issue No it's it hasn't but it's pretty new it hasn't come up um yeah it's it's pretty new it so I I don't think we've had a a serious discussion over that but I also know from observing his behavior that he's not an addict or an alcoholic. Yeah. So there's a lot of... He's a very straightforward kind of just... I I hate that term that you guys use, the normies or normals. But if ever... he is... He's so so normal. He's so normal. He's such a normie that to regular people, he comes off as like a square a little bit. That, but but you're like you your people using the term normies is just mm-hmm. as annoying to me as comics calling other people civilians. Yes, like I fuck know you. That's not civilians. Yeah, <laughs> um, guys, there was civilian audience there. Oh, yeah, there are real people there. Real people. That's true. We are real people. I wonder if we dehumanize ourselves so we don't have to uh, acknowledge that we are participants yeah. at the shows and at the mics. Yeah, because we're trying to sort of uh, you need some psychic guard between what's going on <laughs> that we're trying i think we're trying to uh give up the responsibility of uh being active participants yeah because then like because at the end of the night you can always say like nah that wasn't me man that was the audience it's just a bad audience tonight when if you're active participant you can tell yourself I, you know i could have done better i could have worked yeah. on this a little more i could have done yeah. that better i don't know I, just, I did have like a lot of questions when i first started dating uh, my girlfriend mm-hmm. for well i can say her name you're going to be interviewing yeah her. i'm gonna be interviewing her in yeah, a few when days I, when i first started dating her like i did have a lot of questions and like the first one was like is it okay if i drink around you and she's never been really had a problem with it uh does she ever get frustrated with how long it i actually i've seen you drink so i know that you drink a, per, a drink like a regular human some people will when i'm on ever, set yeah did you ever try to deliberately slow down you're oh, drinking in front of her like oh, nurse yeah. a beer for when like we, two hours when we first started dating i actually didn't really ever drink around her although weirdly enough i was so nervous for our first date that i accidentally got really drunk and really high before i showed up and she didn't realize that for a few months when That's i told her pretty funny i was yeah i was so nervous that i just did that but i i for the first few months actually like i didn't drink around her and it's my pot around her unless like we were like it was about to go to bed and like i'm gonna go on the porch and smoke so i could sleep tonight okay uh and but the dark side of that was that when she was gone i would go way overboard i was like i would Uh, make up for lost time okay Uh, and now it's like not so much now it's just normal like she makes very reasonable requests like how about don't bring the whiskey bottle into bed with us (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's the one. Like, if I have, like, a... Like, if I take people on... Uh, I had this opportunity to take some co- a comic with me uh, and some friends on a little vacation. And he was like, do you mind if I, like, bring some alcohol? And I was like, if you bring, like, wine or beer, that makes sense to me. But, like, I have other sober friends there. Like, maybe don't bring hard alcohol. And he for sure brought hard alcohol and for sure got super hammered, which was funny. Yeah. Um. And it didn't bother anyone. It really didn't bother anyone. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I get that's really funny. Don't, oh, yeah. yeah, don't bring your boobs into yeah, bed. If, and she's moving if in. If she so doesn't like, bring yeah. her Sour Patch Kids into bed and her cookies you and ice cream. You specifically knew exactly it was Sour Patch Kids. Because we love Sour Patch Kids. That's so weird. I don't know. It's something there's, they've chemically designed that. By the way, she does. Yeah. <laughs> huh? She does. Yeah. Like, but I don't have horrible memories of like leaning over and finding empty boxes of Sour Patch Kids <laughs> on the floor. So I think it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And of course, like if we go to like a party i'm gonna have a few drinks and okay. she's like that if it's a like a party with her friends who are all sober uh i will obviously not bring my flask it, it just seems like a rude thing sometimes i wish i had made a different decision <laughs> we went to a party once that was a vegan sober party and they all wanted to play cards against humanity oh god! like how many children did i fuck in a former life to deserve that that was okay, the worst so, non-comedy people we love you and we love how much you love Cards uh, Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity. But you're wrong. We don't love it as a group of people. Most comics really don't love it. No, because it's it's people who aren't funny trying to be funny, and it's, there's nothing worse than that. It's all that each card is like the joke. It's like a joke structure of a very specific, unsuccessful open mic type comic. Or uh, people will win with cards that do not make sense of the structure. Yeah. Like they just put down like the... The joke will it'd be some like setup for like, you know, this person, you know, blank was the best person I ever met. And they'll put down AIDS. I was like, that doesn't make sense as a joke. That's but somehow that card won. Yeah. People but, like the yeah. word AIDS. It's a great word. It is fun to say. It's yeah, I, I understand. There's... It's a horrible, horrible affliction that's hurt many people. But it is fun to just randomly say it out loud when you're bored. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> AIDS. <laughs> so... So I can understand how that party would be tough. Do you ever, um, there's a thing I do with my own family because I love them, but they're challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, I set an alarm in my phone where I have a time limit for how long I, it's not, at first it was like how long I'll be there, but now it's, I check in with myself to see if I want to continue being there. We we had to develop a very similar yeah. sort of system where I would bring her to parties and, or like uh, gatherings and events where everyone but her is drinking and yeah. while having her time. And there were like points where we would argue about it. Uh, but now I developed where I'm like, here's what you do. You just walk up to me and you just tug on my sleeve twice and give me like 10 minutes to politely exit the party. Perfect. Yeah. Because like I, I did, I used to do a show up at the Canby, and I would get paid in shots, and it was like a three hour event, and so by the end of the night I was gone, mm-hmm. and she would have to have sat there all night. Oh no! And I would be hanging out, just shooting the shit with the bartender, who's a friend of mine, and eventually I got to where I was like, just tug on my sleeve, and then when they're done telling their story, I'll say, hey, it was great seeing you, and we'll leave. Hey, yeah. So we have a system now. Right. And I don't have that system for I think, me, though. No, I think it should work both ways. Like, if, uh, like for me, a vegan, sober, card-playing... 
Like, I, I like her eat, friends. They're all very nice yeah, people. I, I, but I would, even for me, I would be like, I'm give myself a little But yeah, but my friends are like you and Keith Carey and Jen Scott. Like they're monsters. Yeah. We're we're gross garbage people sometimes. And that's who I get along with. Angels, but also garbage angels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our wings are made of trash. Um, uh but yeah, we I, I understand that. And I think too, like um, with the drinking thing, tell her this, this is maybe not my most, uh, I kind of like good nature drunk idiots. Like I think, I think drunk idiocy is because I have to see so much of it in comedy. And if I'm forever rubbed the wrong way by someone's idiocy when they're drunk i will be angry every night of my life like the i love you man drunk not like the creepy I yeah you creepy i want to fight you or fuck you or both you know so there's a um i have fallen into all of those categories all of those categories <laughs> and so one thing that i will do is sometimes i'll play with them like children. Oh, she does that to me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of, it you really, now. you start communicating with the drunk people like they're children because they are effectively children now, but like retarded children. Sorry. Oh, I mean, handicap. Uh, no, retarded g- is the nail on the head. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> the nail just, on the soft, just, misshapen giant head. Yeah. Just like, ah, uh, like you're squishing the font now in the middle. She'll show never me, close. she'll show me videos. She'll like ask me like deeply embarrassing questions that I won't remember and then show me the video the next day. I have a, a picture of a friend of mine who we were working roast jokes together and he got so drunk he just passed out on his couch and his his stomach is like defying gravity and like <laughs> like he's not a fat guy but he's a little doughy and it like the dough's just pushed to one side. Like and bread rising. Like bread rising. I just have like I have this picture in my phone to just send it to him someday. She showed me a video. I was sitting in that chair and apparently I had set up my laptop to be playing mm-hmm. like a fireplace right behind me as I sipped a drink and told the story of how I had sex with a plush doll of a green M M&M. and M. Yeah. Well, uh for some people and that's tra- rock bottom. And then try to defend- <laughs> To me that's a good Thursday. That's I don't know. Are you sure you're not an addict? <laughs> That's so funny. I've since gotten rid of the doll, but you get the point. That's so funny, though. That's, uh, yeah. So we, we learned to to sort of, um, my friend used to call me a bitch whisperer because I was friends with like really. <laughs> the best fucking term I've ever heard. Yeah, like just the, just the, I'm good at dealing with difficult people. Um, and I think it's sometimes you you become a drunk slob whisperer, you know, and you're just like. Yeah. Come on, come on, you poo butt. Let's go put pancakes in you. Oh yeah, I've heard I've heard stories of uh, like I I actually heard one on a podcast. That's my cat sneezing. So cute, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, uh, we're like apparently I uh, why we gotten really drunk at a movie and I like took something the wrong way and was just complaining about it the whole walk to the car. And apparently uh, Kyle's girlfriend Natalie was just going, "It's okay." It's okay, Justin. Sure, sure, sure. That's the thing. And I didn't realize until months later when I heard that story on a podcast. They're like, oh, she was being the drunk whisperer of the night. She was babysitting me. Yeah. It's not always fun and it's not always healthy. I've definitely had people dumped into my lap that have needed serious help. And my uh, advice to you, if you are at a party and you know there's a drunk per- or a, a drunk whisperer there or a sober person there or somebody who works in drug treatment, is take them to the goddamn ER. They're not your uh, they're not your go to paramedics. Oh, um, that's intense! Like 
You mean if like they're actually sick or they're yeah. just being an asshole? Both. I've had I've had both instances happen. Well, you've like professional experience and yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, I think uh, that's a that's a boundary I had to set for myself, especially in comedy. You know, like if you're yeah. serious, I'll give you some numbers, but I'm not pulling strings uh, yeah. for folks too much anymore. Yeah, that's like you need your boundary. You can't really mix. Yeah. It's also like, you know, it's sort of like... Go to a damn meeting. Yeah, do, you, do actually go and do your Figure thing. out your life. I say as a person who's refusing to go. <laughs> <laughs> any any other questions, comments, concerns? Uh, no, I think I'm just sort of learning day by day. Like I said, I... Uh, taking it one day at a time. Taking one day at a time. Taking it one day at a time, you say? Ugh. Yeah, drink it uh, in. <laughs> a weird choice of words, but okay. I, you know, I had a, uh, I had a bad set. It wasn't bad. It just didn't. It didn't go well. It didn't go the way I wanted it to go. I had a bad set at the comedy store, and I walked upstairs and sat down uh, next to the dude when we first started dating, and he put his arm around me and he said, "I, I think." Uh, your people have a term for this and it's this too shall pass. Ah. And I was like, who told <laughs> at first I was a little like, mm-hmm. but I then... instantly saw him wearing like a robe with a very long beard. So sweet, right? Yeah. So sweet. Do you have any tips for, for me as a person who's, uh, I mean, she's not quite a comic, but like still, do you have any tips for me as like a, whatever the opposite of sober person is to dating a sober person? Okay. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to boundaries. Yeah, especially since we're moving in together. Oh, yeah. And communication and um, recognizing that you two have different, you have different lives. You're a couple, but you're not, um, you're not each other. You're not an extension of each other. Yeah, you're not like a unit. Really. Yeah. Like uh, my my aunt this last uh, no, uh, last Thanksgiving said the most telling thing about my family, which is, um, uh, you mean you don't you don't treat your children like an extension of yourself? And I said, oh yeah, I just thought I was someone's arm my whole life. <laughs> um, it's it's really understanding where your stuff lies, and also. Uh, actively take care of yourself, like continue with your therapy as long as your therapist sees fit and, you know, keep taking your meds. Um, she's very on top of me about that. Yeah. Take your meds. I know. Take your meds. I know. Just take your meds because think of it this way. If she were to relapse, that would be a whole. That's like my worst nightmare. Yeah. That'd be a whole world of hurt for you. When you don't take your meds, that's her experience because you're as you're for all intents and purposes taking a drug in your brain yeah when left without your medication you know i never really thought about it as like the the equivalency to a relapse like that is like yeah. my worst nightmare is that like she'll get so stressed out or i'll cause some sort of relapse yeah and consistency is a kindness and yeah. you guys are equal and those are all things i've learned from being in inconsistent relationships to being in relationships where I wasn't, we weren't equals. Um, being in a, being in a, if oh, and if it's not working, fucking bail. Yeah. And don't look back. 
that is a weird comfort. And it was a strange conversation we had where I just said, this is the first relationship where I'm not scared of this failing. Cause I recognize that if it ends, it just ends. We, yeah. Like we're comfortable enough with each other that we can fuck up. Cause we're not worried like, Oh, this one fuck up will ruin the whole relationship. We'll have to break up. Right. It's like, Oh, maybe we will. Maybe we won't, but we're going to try our best to stick together. Are your parents drinkers? No. Did they have like a lot of tumult growing up? Are they together? Or do you no, they're, have... they're still together and everything. Um, my dad really never drank at all when I was growing up. Now okay. he'll like, maybe we'll have some wine at dinner. And my mother cannot handle her booze at all. That's she'll real, she'll yeah. have like half a, until I introduced her to the Miracles of Fireball, which she drinks like a sorority girl. Yeah. But she'll have like half of a glass of like, you know, have a martini and just immediately want to go to bed. But apparently, as I found out this last uh, summer, most of my family, like extended family, are alcoholics, and okay. no one told me. And I feel like that's some shit someone should have mentioned at one point. That's how a lot of alcoholics find out when they yeah. get sober. They'll be t- telling their family, you know, kind of coming out yeah. to them about their sobriety, and then they'll be like, "Oh, well, your uncle and your grandpa and you're this and you're that." And you're like, "Well, I just thought my family was from New Jersey and they're Italian. Like that's just how they behave." But it turns yeah. out they were hammered the whole time. Can I tell you, I have a lot of clients from New Jersey, and being from New Jersey is not an excuse. <laughs> have you spent time in New Jersey? <laughs> I I have not, but I imagine that it's a place not an identity but it's a reason to drink drink. (laughs) (laughs) well the state motto the state new jersey a reason to drink which is like chris christie's face (laughs) oh yeah oh man um this got weirdly political hey you know what uh in the rooms uh we don't have an opinion on outside issues but uh i'm a podcast uh, say whatever the hell you want sometimes we have an opinion guys so you're gonna have to calm down call your sponsors all right guys uh yeah this has been great this was fun this thanks was, for having this me this is so fun thank you for asking me to be on the podcast that's so cool oh it's I so love cool it. of you to let me yeah all right uh yeah i i gotta go uh meet with a sponsee and i'm sure you've gotta go uh we're gonna go be... to a comedy garage later tonight yeah yeah i've never been over there I'll check uh, it's it my out. first time going actually weirdly oh, enough shit. but i yeah we're just that's tonight's date night so we're going and doing our thing oh always that's another tip always reserve at least one night as date night yeah for comics and for uh sober people especially too. for comics because you're out every night just reserve one night for date night yeah. Us, it's thursdays don't call me to do shit on a thursday unless it's really important oh that's great all right thanks man thank you Thank mm-hmm. you.